Hi, welcome to Life and Application. I'm your host, Jay Huey, with my co-host, Jason Bjerke. Um, last week, we did a couple questions that people had written in, and I really enjoyed that format, so I thought yep. we'd do one more week of it. Perfect. Um, we had a couple more questions that came in, and I really liked them. All right. So I'm just going to get right to it. Okay. The first question is, was the Bible used to promote racism? And um, I guess to go along with this, I'd like you to also talk about, because when this was brought up to me, it was more brought up to how, you know, the Gentiles, the Jews, you know, people staying in their own groups or their own sex. Um, and then, but also, you know, how we treated women, misogyny and stuff like that, you know, like in the Old Testament, especially like the verses that are there. And was the Bible used to promote racism? Because people will use that as uh, to try and hit back at the church. Yeah, great question. And I always like to tell people that the Bible has been misused to promote all those things that you just mentioned. And so if we read through the scriptures, it doesn't, you know, promote, you know, racism at all. You know, I always tell people that, you know, a tool in the hand of a fool is dangerous. And so people have always misused the Bible to promote whatever they, whatever they want. And, you know, we, if you look through, you know, the scripture, you know, I, I think one of the greatest things is that even in the Old Testament, anybody could become you know, an, an Israelite. All they had to do was, you know, move over to, you know, where the Israelites were at and say, hey, I want to be, you know, part of, you know, Israel. And, you know, they, they went through um, at a type of ceremony where they were, you know, baptized into, you know, the, you know, the Jewish faith. And they said, hey, you know, we're going to follow Jehovah. And, and they did. And they were part, you know, part of the, the Jewish culture. Then it didn't matter what color they were. It didn't matter, you know, their gender. And none of that mattered. And then in the New Testament, you know, you know, Jesus, you know, says, well, it wasn't Jesus, it was Paul who said that, you know, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, we're all one in Christ Jesus, and that's in Galatians 3.28. So, and then even in the New Testament, you know, Jesus let women sit at his feet so that he could teach them. You know, that, that, that was, he was really the only teacher in, in the day that, that would do that. And no, no other rabbi would even talk to a woman in public, but Jesus allowed women to sit at his feet. We know that when we read the story of uh, Mary and Martha, and I think that's in like either Luke 10 or Luke 11, that, that has that story. So, All right, well, let me ask you a follow-up question to kind of okay. throw a curveball, because this is one I've actually heard, Okay, is that if America was founded on Christianity and then we turned around and had slaves and, you know, we treated... Um, Black people were three-fifths of, you know, a yep. person. So if someone brought that argument up to you saying, well, if Christians did that, then why would I want to be a Christian? What, what would your answer to that be? Well, my, my answer would be twofold. One, we don't know that they were Christians, right? Does not sound too Christian to me to oh, own somebody, either. right? But the other thing is, is that we don't base a religion based on what the followers do. We base religion based on what the teachings of that religion say. And so... I would look at the Bible and say that they were way out of the bounds of what you know Christianity teaches how we should treat people. And I think that's a very important point that um, that people don't remember is that we're following the teachings of Christ, not the teachings of a man or what one person said or did. So that's right. I'm glad you brought that up because to me that's the 
That's the perfect answer to that. Yeah, and really, you know, it was the Christians who were very instrumental in the Underground Railroad and uh, teaching the, you know, the slaves how to read and to write. Those were Christian efforts that, that did that. And they weren't obviously the only ones who did that, but those things reflect really the heart of the Bible and the heart of Christ is teaching people, you know, how to you know, how to read and how to write and, and helping those that are impoverished and in prison. You know, the Bible even talks about that we are to treat all people the same, even, you know, the foreigners. Even in like today, application for today, right? We have, you know, illegal immigrants here in the U.S. Well, how do we treat them? Are we going in and starting an ESL class for them and volunteering there to help them teach, you know, teach them English, help them, you know, get a job? Are we helping them with their tax? Are, are we doing those things? And that's really where, you know, the application is today because a lot of times, you know, we see people saying, well, they're not here under the right pretenses. So, you know, we need to not give them any food. We don't give them any shelter. Don't do any of that. That's a very good point. And those are all against the Bible. In fact, the Bible says that God loves justice. But what is justice? That's doing the right thing. What's doing the right thing? That's treating everybody equally. Thank you. That was an excellent point. And I'm glad you, put, oh, thank you. brought it into today. All right. <clears throat> Next one's a good one. Okay. Should we interpret the Bible literally? And so <laughs> I'm going to just throw one out there because if you look at, you know, like um, some of the things and, you know, and, and, and I don't know the answer to this. Um, you know, if your eye, you know, offends you, cut it out. If your hand offends you, you know, cut it off. I mean, there's, and that's just one example. I know it's an extreme, but I mean, are we supposed to, how do we know what to take literally and figuratively? I mean, I. Right. Great question. Usually when someone says, you know, do you interpret the Bible literally? You know, most Christians would immediately say, well, well, well yes. And then the very next question is, so you're going to poke your eye out or cut your hand off. So it, it's usually a trick question. And so I like to respond, you know, we interpret the Bible literarily, right, based on how the Bible is written. And so you know, there's different forms of speech that we use in everyday conversation, you know, and the Bible uses the same thing, right? So if I come over to your house and I say, man, I'm starving. I haven't eaten all day, right? Well, does that mean that I'm literally starving and I haven't eaten for days and days and days? Well, no. It just means that I'm really hungry. So we use that same conversation, you know, you know, we use that the same terminology in our conversation that the Bible does. So, you know, the Bible uses what's called a hyperbole, and that's a deliberate exaggeration, right? If your eye offends you, pluck it out, right? Well, the Bible is not telling you to mutilate yourself, right? Because the body, body is the temple of Christ, so it's not going to invalidate itself. And the Bible uses, you know, terms like the kingdom of God is like. Right, so it uses a simile where it, it compares two unlike things together and it uses the phrase like or the term as. And it does that. And when we do that, you know, it's, um, you know, we even do that in today's, you know, culture. You know, we, we say, you know, you're as dumb as a bag of rocks, right? Well, you know, humans and rocks aren't the same thing, right? But we, but we use that phrase. And the other one that we do is, you know, we, we do, um, there's a hyperbole, there's a simile, and then there's the metaphor, right? And we do that today, right? You know, they're, you know I, I'm as happy as a, what? Lark. Lark. I'm happy as a, you know, all these things that people use that don't make any sense, but we know what they mean. Bible uses that all the time. The general rule of thumb 
is that we interpret the Bible literally unless there's evidence to interpret it a different way. Right, and not to get into this, but just to bring it up, is but then like Jonah being swallowed by a whale. Was that literally? Was he literally swallowed by a whale for three days? Or, you know, is that just figuratively a way of speech? Like, how, how are we supposed to determine and stuff like that? And, you know, like... Great question. And so we, you know, my saying that I like is I like to interpret Scripture with Scripture. And so in the New Testament, Jesus says to, to Jerusalem that the people of Nineveh are going to rise up and judge you, right? And he, he goes on to talk about Jonah being in the, the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights. So if all that was just figurative in the Old Testament, what Jesus was telling the people in Jerusalem is, a figurative group of people that never actually existed are going to miraculously appear and judge you literally. And that makes no sense. And so the only way for all of, this, all of that to make sense is for it to be literal. In fact, they, they, even unex, they even excavated a city called Nineveh, and they found, you know, the, the things I've talked about in the book of Jonah are, refer, you know, th- there's evidence that all that happened. See, and I think that's a, a valid point, and um, I just want to reiterate that, is that use the Bible as your guide. You know, like when you have a question, you can dig deeper into the Bible itself and use that as the guide right. on that. So um, I think too many times we... We like to interpret it on our own instead of getting a biblical answer for that. All right, question three. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says we are saved by faith. James 2, 26 says faith without works is dead. Which verse is more accurate? It's a good question. It really is a good question because it comes down to my uh, the fundamental thing that got us yeah. all started in all this. So. so let me demonstrate something for you. Let me see if I have uh, a couple dollars. I do. Here's a dollar bill. I'm going to have you hold that, okay? And I'm going to take a dollar, and I want you to describe to me what's on that dollar. George Washington, some writing, okay. serial number. I have a, a pyramid, and I have an eagle with the word one on, on it. So who's actually describing the dollar? We both are. Right. We both are. You're talking about the front side of the dollar. I'm talking about the back side of the dollar. And so when we look at uh, those two verses, it's Thank you. Yeah. it's two sides of the same coin or two sides of the same dollar. So you have to look at Paul when he says, you know, you're saved by grace through faith. He was really talking to the legalistic people who thought that they were saved because they were, you know, they, 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 they did all the right things. They were descendants of Abraham. They, they were Jews. So, you know, they're already saved, right? And so Paul is saying, um, you're not. You're saved by your faith, not by your good deeds. James, when he wrote that, he was talking to a different group of people that thought, oh, you know, I don't actually have to have real faith. I just, you know, I don't have to do anything, right? I, I, I can just, you know, say a little prayer and then you know, live my life however I want. And James is saying, if you're truly saved, you're going to want to do these things for, for God, for Christ, and your faith will be lived out through your actions. And so both verses are true. Both writers were talking to different people about the whole 
um, concept of salvation. So this also goes back to what you just said in the previous question about using the Bible to help answer your question about the Bible. Right. Um, so, um, And this one really hits home with me because this is what, as we talked about before, started our whole thing was, you know, when we were talking about the, you know, fruit on my tree, how many, how many pieces of fruit are on it? You know, am I walking? Am I truly walking in the light? And um, that's what really got me thinking about this. And I tell you this, James by far is my favorite book of the Bible. It's a good book. Um, especially James 3 because it's all about the mouth. And we know that's my Achilles heel there. Yeah, and the last, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 talks about, you know, we're saved by grace. Uh, for by grace are you saved through faith, right? But the verse, verse 10 that never gets read with those, it talks about that we were created to do good works. And so that God has prepared for us. So God is preparing works for us to do. And the true Christian is the one who not only um, sees those that, that need to be done, but is willing to do them. And, and, and that second point of that is, I think, uh, what a lot of times, and that's the application part, you know, like it, the seeing part, you know, like, especially you've grown up in a Christian household and, you know, church and whatnot, you've. You've seen it a hundred times, but it's that doing the part, you know, it's, and, and that's the application and that's what we're trying to get through here. So we really appreciate the questions and, you know, if there's anything you guys ever want us to expound on, hit us back up and yeah, we can sure. go further in detail. All right. This is a good one. Uh-huh. I like this one. <clears throat> is there a ranking on the Trinity? God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. What we need to understand is that the scripture teaches that they're all equal. And so if they're all God and they're all equal, one can't be higher. So if the Holy Spirit is less than Jesus, then the Holy Spirit can't be God. Right, so my question is, like, if you look at, like, different verses in the Bible, and I might not quote it perfectly, but like when Jesus is dying on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know what, not what they do. You know, like he, he's talking to him in kind of an authoritative stance. Was that because he was God and human? Or was that just the way the Bible was written, even though they were just talking like me and you were talking, like there's no authoritative person in this situation? You know, there's parts in the Bible, you know, like, Jesus comes up out of the water. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased, you know. So those kind of things make people automatically put a, a hierarchy into it. Yeah, and you know, it's, uh, it's interesting because earlier in Scripture, you know, Jesus, you know, with the paralytic that, that came, you know, Jesus told him, your, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees were mad and they said he was blaspheming because they said, who can forgive sins but God alone? Right, so Jesus was making himself equal with God. And he was always, you know, ready to be stoned for that, right? So on the cross where he says, Father, forgive them, you know, he was, you know, demonstrating to everybody, you know, that, you know, not only was, you know, he was forgiving them, but that he was praying for their forgiveness, you know, to his Father. And it shows a, a great deal of humility that he's willing to do that. In fact, the really the coolest verse is that you know Jesus says that he lays his life down and he can take it up again, right? Which is so that really is a cool verse, right? So in, in other verses it says you know that God raised him from the dead. 
you know, Jesus claims to be God. He is God. Jesus and God are, are, are one. Then Jesus says that he's going to send another, the Holy Spirit. The Greek word for another is A-L-L-O-S, right? Alas, right? And what that means, it means exactly the same, but a little bit different. But exactly the same, right? Okay. The same substance, just a different one, right? So Jesus is saying, you know, I'm God. I'm the same as the Father. And then he's saying, and I'm going to give you another one that's exactly like me. So if Jesus is exactly like the Father, then so is the Holy Spirit, right? So they're all the same. They have different roles that, that they do. They're all co-equal. You know, one's not higher than the other. And if you think about it, you know, most people, um, you know, put the Holy Spirit third. Well, you know, Jesus even said that, you know, you can speak a word against the Son of Man. You can blaspheme the Son of Man. That'll be forgiven you. But if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, it'll never be forgiven you, not in this age or in the age to come. And that's one of the questions that I want to talk about in detail. So we'll bring that up is um, the understanding... Sin. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Okay. I guess the biggest point of these questions are, the, these are the questions that people are sending in, and I think it's questions as Christians that we get asked from time to time, especially if you're speaking of the world, mm-hmm. uh, speaking of the world. Um, and it's good to have a a biblical answer, but not, and, and I, I really enjoy the way Jason, you know, is answering them because it's not an authoritative answer. This is just what the scripture says. Right. But it gives you a way to uh, diffuse a situation if someone's looking to make a confrontation. Because a lot of these questions people are asking because they are looking for a confrontation. Right. And so, you know, the other thing is is that, you know, people ask you questions to, to like, trip you up, right? They, they have no interest in um, what you have to say other than they want to make you look stupid. And so one of the questions that, you know, I, I re- respond to people is, you know, if I'm able to answer your questions satisfactory are you willing to consider following christ and if they say no then i say well there's no point answering your questions then but if they say yes i am you know these are just roadblocks that i have and if i can get these out of the way then i'm very interested in learning more about god and the bible and jesus then that's where you know we need to be very willing to you know answer these questions well and i think the other thing that we have to remember is that in and, and we talked about this a few in a few of our podcasts, and I just want to reiterate it because I think this is the the biggest key to everything that we say is that in our answers we need to make sure that we're being the light. Mm-hmm. Um, we appreciate the questions; uh, keep them coming in, and anything you want us to go in depth on, um, just make a note of it, and, and yeah. we'll try to get to it. Yeah. Let us know. Thank you. All right, have a great one.